0: All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert, my spirit is receptive, as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We're in this series on the miracles of the New Testament. And we come to number 13 by our reckoning. If you have a Bible, let's go to Mark chapter 5. Jesus heals a demoniac in garrisons and casts demons into a herd of pigs. So I've, get, I've given them a couple of photos to put up here. Uh, this all happens in the vicinity of Capernaum. Okay, so Sue is standing in the threshold of the ruins of the synagogue in Capernaum. And behind her would be the Sea of Galilee. Then go to the other one. Okay, so here, uh, that is the Sea of Galilee behind her. And you see how, uh, you know, I don't know that those qualify as mountains back there, but it's hilly. Okay, so if you can picture, if you were standing there this morning, thank you guys. If you were standing there this morning and you were looking out at the Sea of Galilee from Capernaum, on the left side, there is about halfway down the lake that you can see. You can't see the whole distance, but about halfway down the lake you can see, there is a chalky white area a hilly area, chalky white, and that's Gerasenes. Um, Some translations use the word Gadarenes. But the point is that, and, and I don't think we give Jesus enough credit for this, that he would go out of his way to minister to Gentiles, so that area over there, you understand, was not in Judea. It was not in Galilee. It, was, it, it had been under the time of King David. It had been under the king, time of Solomon. But at that point in time, 2,000 years ago, it was a mixed population. It, it had a lot of Hellenist influence in it. Uh, the Decapolis was over there. It was a mixed bag. And I don't think Jesus gets enough credit for how often he ministered to the Gentiles. Now, we're going to get into this later on, especially when, we get into, especially when we get into miracles that are recorded by the Apostle John. You know, a lot of theologians don't like the Gospel of John. I, I love them all, you know, mea culpa, I love them all. The the gospel of Matthew, I love it. I've always loved it because it is the gospel of discipleship. I've always loved the gospel of Mark because the gospel of Mark is the gospel of action. It was the gospel uh, of Peter dictated to Mark. And I've always loved the gospel of Luke because Luke Luke tells stories about women that... uh, the others didn't talk about. It. In other words, Jewish men were not just really going to be too prolific about the impact of women. But Luke tells the story about the women who supported Jesus out of his ministry and and the story of Mary and her song and all of that. I love it. And then theologians don't like the Gospel of John because there's this running battle between Jesus and the Pharisees. But I love it because it tells us A lot about Jesus and his mission and a lot of the running battle between Jesus and the Pharisees has to do with you and has to do with me because see they were religious and they had in their mind that they were the chosen people of God and uh, nobody else was invited to the banquet. You remember the parable of the banquet and what a ruckus that caused. Well, thank God, thank God. I don't know about you, but I say thank God, thank God, thank God. The doors of salvation have been swung open to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, so we just marched right into the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. And so this morning we're going to be dealing with this from Mark's gospel. It's also recorded in Matthew 8 and Luke 8. But Mark chapter 5, verse 1, they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. So I showed the picture so you understand uh, this thing of going across the lake. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. You know, we live in weird times, but I think in some ways times have always been weird. I think, generally speaking, if somebody comes to you from the tombs, uh, you better know Jesus. (laughs) Well, he didn't need to know Jesus because he was Jesus. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot. Now, now. When I get into a a demoniac story, there's someone thinking right now, Pastor, why don't we see this kind of demonic manifestation in our times? And there's two reasons for that. And one, well, they're both very sad. One is, you know, I was called upon many years ago to go and pray for somebody that had been sent to the psych ward. And I won't mention which hospital, but That whole floor was people there under psychiatric evaluation and psychiatric observation, and uh, it's really sad. So one of the reasons we do not see this in our day is these people are locked up and drugged, and it's sad. And the ones who are not locked up in drugs are in Congress. So this man lived in the, but I want you to understand that also, I'm not trying to be political, but I think that police need, I understand there's a lot of bad police. You know, a lot of people, I've met people with a gun and a badge and they should never have been given a gun and a badge. Um, But I think we need to be a little more graceful and a little more considerate and a little more patient when we read about altercations with police because this is what they deal with a lot of times. Demoniacs. And and then uh, drugs like PCP, I don't even understand all of that. I've never taken an illegal drug. But a, a drug like PCP can give a human being what seems to be temporary superhuman strength. So whether drugs or demons, and you understand a demoniac is not going to be a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, and so, of course, a demoniac is going to probably at some point or another come into an altercation with the police, you understand, and saying, uh, put your hands on your head and turn around is really probably not going to work with a demoniac, amen, So he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. Now, if you don't think that's superhuman, have your wife uh, chain you up this afternoon (laughs) (laughs) and see if you can break those chains. I'm telling you, this is a whole nother level. This This is not like somebody who's depressed. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. I am here to proclaim the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you can do things by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that no man can do in his own strength. And I'll tell you something else, I have traveled the earth and I've preached in more than 40 nations of the world. And I am here to testify that not one time, not one time, not one time have I ever seen a demon successfully resist me casting him out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, pastor, if that works, why can't we just cast all those demons out of Congress? Well, they didn't ask us to. They liked their demon, their demons, and there's uh, 6,000 here, and I think I know where they are today. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out, and cut himself with stones. So where does cutting come from? Does cutting come from God? Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Now, this is uh, sad. It is. I made reference to John's gospel and how all through John's gospel, there was this running dialogue battle between Jesus and the Pharisees. But something you see in all four gospels is that the miracles upset the religious folk. You know, when that revival was going on in Asbury, Kentucky, I just didn't want to read too much about it because, I mean, for everybody telling a positive story, there were two or three people saying that can't happen. It's amazing to me how people can put up with everything going on in society today, but if you tell them you had a miracle or you tell them God healed your body or you tell them God paid your house off, they get angry it's amazing the evil people can put up with. And then also, Sue and I always have this dialogue at the house. When they, when they were eyewitnesses, when the religious folks were eyewitnesses to a miracle, eyewitnesses, why didn't they say to themselves, he has got to be operating at the level of Elijah or Elisha at least? He has at least got to be operating at the level of Elijah or Elisha, so we ought to leave him the heck alone. But it was jealousy, because he had big crowds, and they didn't have big crowds. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice. Oh, and how sad that he knew who Jesus was. He says, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I'll tell you what, if if, if 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 demons have more faith than you do, you're kind of behind the curve. So these 6,000 demons knew who Jesus was. Swear to God that you won't torture me, for Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. So... We see this pattern. We're looking for patterns. We're looking for principles and these miracles in the New Testament. And here it is again. Somebody said something. Somebody said something. Jesus said it. Then Jesus, Jesus said, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. A Roman legion had 6,000 troops. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Now, what about the language here in the New International Version? And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. Well, these 6,000 demons were speaking through the man. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down into the steep bank, into the lake, and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people came out to see what had happened. When they came to see Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind, and they were afraid." This is how stupid people are. <laughs> I mean, because I, I know what I know now, I wouldn't be afraid of a man with 6,000 demons. But if I had been them 2,000 years ago, I would have been more afraid of the guy possessed with 6,000 demons than I would have been afraid of a guy sitting there in his right mind and clothed and not naked. Why weren't they afraid when the man had 6,000 demons in him? The power of God and answered prayer and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are what make men afraid. Now listen to me. The power of God and answered prayer and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit are what make men afraid. But they can get along with the works of Satan easily enough. I mean... You know, Paul, Paul wrote, there will be terrible times in the last days. And uh, when, I, when I was a young man, I mean, I could have pictured this or pictured that or imagined this or imagined that. But when I was a young man, there was no way, no way, no way I could have even begun to imagine or picture what they are doing in these United States in 2023. I, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have even imagined it. I couldn't have made it up out of my head. I mean, the evil that they are doing to children. It is astounding. And that your own government would lie to you and lie to you and lie to you. I mean, we are three years out from this pandemic and the government has still not issued early protocol. Everybody here knows when you get a sniffle, there's a procedure, you go through whatever that is. You gargle, or you take zinc, or whatever. Everybody here has a different protocol. You go through when you get a little scratchy throat, or when your nose starts running, or you know, your sinuses stop up, And a lot of this was handed down from our moms, or we go online and we read. In other words, you don't wait, 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 wait until you have to go to the hospital. But that's what they had everybody doing three years ago. They're criminals. See, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. Uh, they were mistaken, I'm saying they're evil. Because job number one is to give somebody something so that whatever they got going on doesn't get worse. Am I right? That's job number one. See, it wasn't the man with 6,000 demons that alarmed them. What alarmed them was that he was sitting there in his right mind with all of his clothes on. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Verse 17, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. This is insane. I would have thought, well, do we have any other demon-possessed people around? You know, let's, let's get Jesus connected with them. And if he, can drive, if he can drive demons out of this guy that could break chains with his bare hands, what else can he do? They didn't care about that poor man who had been demon-possessed and was now sitting there in his right mind. All they cared about was money, the money they lost when their hogs rushed down that steep bank into the lake and were drowned. They did not care about the man. They did not care about the man. They did... Listen, does this sound familiar? They did not care about the man. All they cared about was money. Does this sound familiar? Does this or does this not sound like the last three years? They did not care about the man. All they cared about was money. You know, I scratched my leg on a barbed wire fence that was rusty a couple of weeks, well, about a month back, and so I had to go get a tetanus shot, and the lady doctor checks my blood pressure. I thought it was an interesting adjective. She said, your blood pressure is beautiful. <laughs> and then this past week, I had to go see a different guy for an insurance exam, trying to get some insurance changed over. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. Amen. But then I, I felt like I was in, in, in the, uh, sitting in the room with a drug salesman. And uh, well, we, you need this drug. No, I don't. Uh, well, you need uh, you need this uh, vaccine. No, I don't. Well, you need the flu vaccine. I haven't had the flu since 1985. Well, you need the COVID shot. I said that's the flu. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he must have gone down through five things that I don't need that they're selling. But not one question about, was I eating healthy? Not one question about quality of life. See, it's not about the human being. I said, it's not about the human being. It's about what? It's about money, lousy, stinking money. And we're going to receive an offering at the end of this service and gather up as much lousy, stinking money as we can. (laughs) We'll get to this. God help us. God help us. They didn't care about the man. They cared about their hogs. I said they didn't care about the man, they cared about their hogs. All they cared about was the money they lost when their hogs rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. And we don't know that these were Jewish folk raising these hogs. They might have been, they might have been, even if they weren't eating the hogs, they might have been using raising hogs to sell to the Gentiles in Decapolis. Or it could have been Gentiles raising hogs. It really doesn't matter who was raising the hogs. The point is, they were more concerned about the hogs than they were about the man. Money, it was all about money. All they cared about was money. Their hearts were ruled by the love of money. Paul wrote to his understudy in the ministry, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Say it out loud, The the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, I'm going to deal with it, and it's, tell your neighbor, this is going to be real offensive. <laughs> you know, just, just so we, we know where we're headed. I had no idea. I was clueless, and I read a lot. But I had no idea government employees can get royalties off the drugs they approve or don't approve. Did you know that? Yeah. And so this this one guy, you know, the little rat guy, he's gotten something like $400 million in, in royalty money off of this. Now, if somebody's making money hawking something, are they neutral? And then... People are all upset about states. And, and by the way, Texas is behind everybody on everything. Whatever issue you want to talk about, we're behind. But there are states now banning surgeries, life-changing, life-altering, irreversible surgeries on minors. And of course, people are up, you know, woke folk are upset about that. And Texas is behind on everything. But imagine, so you go to a doctor tomorrow, a surgeon, and you say, let's say, you're, let's, say you're, let's say you're eight years old. Let's say you're 12 years old. And you go to a surgeon tomorrow and you say, um, I don't like my fingers. I want all my fingers cut off. What would they do? Talk to me. What would they do? They wouldn't cut them off. What would they do? They send you to the psych ward. But if you go into the same surgeon and you want something cut off that the wokesters say is optional, they don't send you to the psych ward. They make money doing the surgery. Now, let me ask you this. If you went to school 12 years, 14 years, and you had the degree and you're qualified to make money doing surgeries, we got no problem with that. But what kind, of, what kind of human being makes money doing that to minors? Okay. Yesterday in the message I mentioned Matthew 6.33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, John Osteen used to teach that the reason money is so critical is because we handle money every day. And and money is critical because we need money every day. We handle money every day. It's it's not something we do once a month. We handle money every day. We need money every day. Jesus taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Larry Lee used to say and and then throw in there, Lord, we need more bread today than we did yesterday because, you know, of an inflation. Money is something that we have to have our mind right about. That's what the week of increase is about every August since 2018. So we get our mind right on money. See, if you get your mind right on money, God can trust you with money. You get your mind right on money, God, God can give you more money because you got your mind right. But I want you to understand. See, here's the problem. You're, you're. <laughs> maybe I'm speaking a little bit in faith here. You know, you're, you're good Christian, moral people, and you cannot even get your mind around how evil other people are. You have trouble getting your mind around how evil people are in government, how evil people are in public schools, how evil, how evil medical people are. We spent our whole lives, right, thinking we could trust medical people. Well, now we know we can't trust medical people. Man, you better do your own reading. You better get your own information, and you better do your research on who you go to see. And so now you have to rethink everything that they have told us. This man, this poor man, was possessed by 6,000 demons. And when Jesus, the Son of God, set him free and set him loose, his, his neighborhood, his community did not celebrate. You see this also, we're going to deal with this miracle. Uh, it, it'll come up on Sunday mornings, but we're also going to deal with it during the, the week of increase when Paul cast the demon out of that girl that they made money fortune telling with. They didn't care about the girl being set free. They cared about their loss of income off the slave girl. And so Paul wrote, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. That poor man had 6,000 demons in him, but those pig farmers didn't care about that poor man. Verse 15, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. That blows my mind. Why weren't they afraid of, of the 6,000 demons and the man? They were afraid to see the man delivered, set free, sitting there in his right mind, clothed. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. So those 6,000 demons knew their time tormenting the man had come to an end. And so they said to Jesus, send us into the hogs. That's the level of demons, hog level. I said, that's the level of demons, hog level. And that poor man had been possessed by 6,000 hog level demons. And Jesus set that man free. Listen, let us not. We can get so focused on what's going on in the culture and how everything's going to heck and how everything's falling apart, and how evil and how wicked and all of that. Let us set that aside. We understand it. But let us be a beacon of light. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let us be the messenger of the gospel. Let us be the messenger of deliverance for the poor man with 6,000 demons. Because at the root and the heart of all of this and all these scenarios is... People that don't know the Lord. Because if they knew the Lord, of course, they wouldn't be acting the way they're acting. All those hog farmers didn't care about all of that. All they cared about was money. So Jesus said, go, and those 6,000 demons possessed those 2,000 hogs and filled them with a spirit of suicide. If you don't think a demon can cause a spirit of suicide in a human being, we read right here that... A demon can cause a spirit of suicide in a hog. And they rushed down the hill into the lake and drowned themselves. All the town came out, saw the man who had been running wild, sitting there in his right mind clothed, and they should have been glad. They should have been happy. They should have celebrated. They should have been happy. But their attitude was, it's all right for the man to get delivered, but if the man getting delivered is going to take our hogs, well, we wish the demons were still in the man. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Not because the man was delivered, but because the hogs had died. Some people care more about hogs than they do about people. Let me bring that up to date. Some people care more about their private jets than they do about people. Some people care more about their net worth than they do people. Amen. I mean, what kind of surgeon would make money Doing these surgeries on little boys or little girls. They're nothing but whores. They're money whores. And yet, don't Google, don't Google two words. Whatever you do, do not Google two words. Do not Google Joel Osteen. Because all this hate, 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 hate. For what? Preaching faith. For what? Preaching success. For what? Preaching prosperity. So there's all this hate directed toward ministers of the gospel while people who do these surgeries on little children get a pass. Are you saying we should hate on them? No, I'm just saying uh, there shouldn't be hate for teaching people how to work the Bible, the principles of the Bible and get ahead. See, they don't hate, the world doesn't hate somebody who got ahead selling you drugs you don't need. The world doesn't hate someone who got ahead giving you a surgery you don't need. The world hates someone who gets ahead doing it God's way. That's why they hate the nuclear family. Because we're doing it God's way. Amen. That's why they hate the idea of you passing money down to your children. They think that they should be in charge of who gets your money. See, when you pass your money down to your children, you're doing the book of Deuteronomy. You're doing it God's way. They want to give your money. Well, now we know who they want to give your money to. They want to give your money to Pfizer. They're awful quiet. Is it, is it blinding revelation or are they mad at me? Do they, do they want to send me out with the pigs? So don't be a money whore. Tell your neighbor, don't be, don't be a money whore. Tell the neighbor on the other side, don't be, don't be a money whore. What do I mean by that? A whore is somebody who will do anything for money. And we could, I could stand here and name names, and they're not all Democrats. I mean, the, probably 95% of the Republicans will do anything for money. Why does the state, why does our state you know, we love our state. We think we're all into freedom. We still have this medical emergency. It's still on the books. Why? 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 Because they get money from Washington. Although they're sitting on $32 billion. Now, I'm on it now. It's too late. It's too late. Somebody lit the fuse. I don't know who did it, but somebody lit the fuse. Why, why the H-E-L-L do they need all this property tax money when they're sitting on $32 billion of surplus just from 2022? Wow. Come on. Oh. Just from 2022. Wow. Just from 2022. Just from 2022. Yeah, but praise God. You know, California was $36 billion red in 2022. So, you know, we ought to salute them for doing a good job. Absolutely. Salute them for doing a good job. Then don't send me any more bills. But they want to get irritated that churches teach and preach the word of God and collect the tithe and might build a building. I, could know, I would know what to do with $32 billion. I'll tell you that right now. I, I, would, I would probably take a tithe of it and leave it Faith Christian Center and send 90% out into the harvest fields of God. Amen. I mean, we're, that's serious money. That's serious money. I'm not talking about millions. I'm talking about billions. And notice what Jesus told the man in verse 19, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. In other words, Jesus, and we see this as a second pattern in this miracle. The first principle or pattern we saw is Jesus said something, and now Jesus is giving the man homework jesus is giving the man an action to take and the fourth step we typically see in these miracles in the new testament he's telling the man to go tell it jesus says in verse 19 go home to your family and tell them how much the lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you in other words jesus gave the man an action to take and jesus was telling the man go tell it So how are we going to win people to Jesus if we don't go and tell others of all the wonderful things Jesus has done for us? And I think, frankly, that's why there is so much opposition to success and prosperity and answered prayer financially and all this other stuff. It's basically a hate against testimonies. Because, see, if if you have a miracle, if you have an answered prayer, they don't have any way to combat that. If if you don't have an answered prayer, if you don't have a miracle, well, they can argue that their faith is equal to yours. But there's no faith, there's no religion, there's no belief system in the entire world that produces miracles except Christianity. And we need more of them. So we can go and tell. Tell your neighbor, go and tell go and tell go and tell go and tell and you might say well my miracle my answered prayer isn't that huge well go and tell it anyway because whatever God did for you God can do for other people amen Amen. let's bow our heads you may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life you've never personally and individually made Jesus your Lord you've never confessed your sins to God you've never invited Jesus to come into your life as your Lord and Savior Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. He said in Revelation 3, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. And so maybe you're here this morning and you have never made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. Listen, I'm talking about the forgiveness of sins. I'm talking about a new life here in this life, and I'm talking about eternal life after we pass from this life. How many of you have never done that, but you'd like to give your life to God this morning through the Lord Jesus Christ? You'd like to be saved. You'd like to be born again. If that's you this morning, lift your hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be born again. If that's you this morning, lift the hand up. We're going to pray. You may be here this morning and you're backslidden. You're not living for the Lord like you used to. The Word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm backslidden. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should be. But I want to make it right. I want to live for God from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough we're going to pray. Yes, sir. Any others? This is your day. This is it. This is it. Anyone else? Let's stand up. If you made... If you indicated by lifted hand you wanted to be included in either of these altar calls, I want you to gather up your belongings. I want you to be bold about it. I want you to step out of the aisle, step out into the aisle, and I want you to join me here at the front. Amen. And if you did not raise your hand, but the Spirit of God is dealing with your heart, calling you, speaking to you, drawing you, I want you to be bold about it. Amen. You know, the the world is bold about evil. Why can't we be bold about making a decision for Jesus? We're going to pray, and if you're watching online and and you want to be born again, you want to be saved, you want to recommit your life to God, you pray the prayer with us. Amen. Amen. God bless you, son. I'm old enough now I can call you that. God bless you. Amen. Everybody in the room, let's pray it out loud together. Father Father God, I come before you in Jesus' holy name and I give you my life. Time's gone by, gone my own way, done my own thing, and I've lived for self. But today I turn from that old way of living, and I give you my life. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me of my sins, wash me, cleanse me, purify me, and give me a new heart. And I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me unto yourself and into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, if you go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, he's going to give you a book of mine. And if you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen, amen. And if you're watching online and you pray that prayer, either as a commitment or a recommitment, you can go online at FCCArlington.com salvation. Let us know about your testimony. We'd love to send you a copy of that book, God's Very Own Child. And if you need a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. God has met every need here, and we have the ability. Amen. We're happy to do it. Amen. Amen. Lift both hands and shout it out loud. It's a great day.